Octanonverba is a show that's raw and real, featuring hard-hitting interviews with people that live by the ethos of actions, not words. Marcus Aurelius Anderson is a TEDx speaker, best-selling author, veteran, and leadership and mindset coach. With this show, you get to join Marcus as he goes inside the minds and experiences of the world's most successful warriors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and experts. With each episode, you're going to get the philosophies, concepts, tactics, and strategies these leaders use to turn adversity into victory. Live an extraordinary life based on actions, not words. Now, here's your host, Marcus Aurelius Anderson. Aggressive patience is this concept where you work every day as hard as you can towards your goal, but you also understand that it will take time. You hear a lot of people say, oh, you got to be patient. You got to be patient. But many misinterpret this to mean that they can just chill and that their goals will just somehow magically happen. And that's just not how it works. It's about having aggressive patience. It's about executing day in and day out for weeks, months, and years at a time to get where you want to go. Andy Priscilla, the MFCEO of First Form Nutrition and co-founder of the RTA Syndicate. I'm Marcus Aurelius Anderson, and this is another installment of Octanon Verba's Warrior Wisdom. In these shorter solo episodes, I'll highlight lessons from warriors past and present in all kinds of settings from the battlefields of Italy, Greece, Japan, and the Middle East to more modern-day warfare, including tactics seen today in business, society, and culture. I'll also be sharing lessons based on my own learnings and experiences. The reality is this. The world is a battlefield. And to not master these lessons leaves you grossly ill-prepared for the inevitable adversity that you will face in the future. This lesson comes from and covers what I learned from the three most powerful public speakers alive today, David Goggins, Ed Milet, and Andy Frisella. They spoke at the RJ Syndicate live event in St. Louis on April 22, 2023, and it was a packed house with 1,500 people attending. And for those of you that don't know, Arte means excellence or the pursuit of excellence. And the Arte Syndicate was created by Andy Frisella and Ed Milet as a force for good with a collection of some of the most impactful and influential entrepreneurs on the planet. I'm honored to say that I've been a founding member of the Arte Syndicate from day one and have been a member for over four years now. Without a doubt, being part of the syndicate has been a huge contributor to my success. When the Arte Syndicate opens its doors to its new members later on this year, I highly recommend that you apply. Now, on to the lesson. While David Goggins, Ed Milet, and Andy Frisella had different and unique takeaways, there's a common theme that I'll address later in the lesson. The event opened with Ed Milet and Andy Frisella interviewing David Goggins. And as you can imagine, the answers were gold. Both Ed and Andy have two of the biggest podcasts on the planet, and so they really know how to tease out the most powerful information in a way that's both practical and tactical to leaders, entrepreneurs, and high performers looking to reach the next level. I took a lot of notes. Here are the three most powerful takeaways I got from this event. The first lesson comes from David Goggins, and if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure that you already know who he is. He's a former Navy SEAL and ultramarathoner that has over 6 million followers on Instagram, He's authored two best-selling books, one called Can't Hurt Me and the second one called Never Finished. He's also the man that created the 4x4x48 challenge that I did in 2021 and 2022 and a refresher for what that is. The Goggins 4x4x48 challenge means that you run four miles every four hours for 48 hours straight. 
Goggins mentioned that after his first book, Can't Hurt Me, came out, he reached a level of financial success that he had never imagined possible. He found himself in the unfamiliar position of literally being able to buy anything that he'd ever wanted and more. That means he got a bigger house. That means that he got something that was much nicer than he'd ever lived in before. The bed got bigger and got more comfortable. But in the trappings of this comfort, he sensed that something had changed. The point that he was trying to make was that he could tell that he was getting soft, that he was losing the calluses on his hands and his mind, as he said. He found himself no longer being driven by the need to reach a certain level of financial success, that he no longer felt this need to prove others wrong. So what do you do when you've been leveraging discomfort and the trash talk of haters as a driver for your entire life to reach a level of success, and now that you've actually hit it? Now what? How could he push himself to reach higher levels the way that he had before? For Goggins, he had to completely change his perspective, figuratively and literally. To do this, he got back to basics. For four months out of the year, David Goggins is a fire jumper in British Columbia. He gives up one-third of his year and one-third of his income to jump out of airplanes and fight forest fires for $12 an hour. This change in environment from comfort to danger is what helped Goggins get back to the reality of what it takes to do the work. As a fire jumper, he has to use his skills, situational awareness, and physicality to keep him alive while fighting those forest fires. It's a great reality check that helps him stay hard. Another thing that Goggins said that was profound was an answer from a question from the audience. They asked Goggins, so what do you read, who do you admire, and who do you listen to for inspiration? Goggins' answer was no, no, and no. He said that he doesn't listen to or read anybody else's material, which got wild applause from the audience, but he said, listen, let me make a distinction. Goggins said, I'm not saying this to sound like a badass. I'm saying that because every time that I go for a run or do a brutal workout, I'm trying to figure out who David Goggins is. I'm trying to break down what makes him tick. And this is the part that I found profound. Goggins said that the reason that he studies himself so much is because every time things have got difficult for him in his life, the only person that ever saved him was himself. Hoping to be inspired by somebody else's words would be worthless in the moment. By the way, Goggins never uses the earbuds or listens to music, podcasts, or audiobooks when he runs or works out because he chooses to listen to his body. And again, because when he's going through the most difficult parts in his life, chances are he's not going to have the luxury of music or an audiobook to keep him distracted in the face of adversity. When Andy Frisella spoke, he talked about the one thing that helped him build his St. Louis-based company, First Form, into a $500 million company that's only going to grow stronger in the future. He said that he built this company and all of his others, one conversation, one employee, and one customer at a time. He mentioned that right now, everybody seems to be excited to jump on the AI train and just scale their business, their customer service, and their process. But he warned against that. And he reminded us that things that we want as consumers is to actually talk to somebody in person as much as we can, meaning we don't want to talk to a computer. We don't want to be put on some sort of call list. We want to actually talk to a person to tell them what's going on. And that's the best way to do this, by having a genuine connection with them through a conversation that means something to them to help your customer and client get their problem solved. Finally, Andy mentioned that, yes, this is inefficient, but that's the point. It's in the inefficiency that the most value for the customer or client is born. 
They teach this lesson to every one of the hundreds of employees that they've onboarded at First Forum. And it's something that each employee does at scale without compromising the integrity of the interaction. This builds trust. It also builds word of mouth. And these are the two best forms of advertising. They're priceless, yet they can only be earned and never purchased. Andy also spoke passionately about supporting American companies and how Budweiser's debacle was only just the beginning of examples of what happens when you disrespect and devalue your customer base. It can literally destroy your reputation and make your company go broke. Ed Milet brought the fire to the mic as always with his energy and it's contagious. He told the story that was the basis for his latest book, The Power of One. Ed's father passed away last year, which had a devastating impact on Ed. And his relationship with his father had always been tumultuous because his father was an abusive alcoholic for much of Ed's life. According to Milet, he feels his two most powerful skills are speaking, specifically persuasive speaking, and reading people, specifically their body language and expressions. These two skills alone have helped him build an $800 million net worth with several successful companies. He explains that he learned these skills early on because of his father. How, you ask? When Ed was a boy, he would wait by the door when his father pulled up and watch him intently as he entered the home. He would watch to see if his dad had a hard time fitting keys in the lock, if he wobbled when he opened the door, to notice there was a smell of alcohol present on him whenever he walked in. If he recognized any or all of these telltale signs, again, because he had honed this skill of reading body language, he'd move on to the second well-honed skill, his persuasive speaking. If his father had been drinking, Ed knew that he would be quick to anger and would continue to drink into the night, making his family's life a nightmare. When Ed saw this, he quickly grabbed his father's hand, spoke loudly, and clearly said, Hey, Dad, guess what I did today? I hit not one, but two home runs. Isn't that amazing? To which his father would respond, Wow, Eddie, did you really do that? Now, in the middle of this kind of conversation, Ed would grab his father by the hand and pull him quickly past the liquor cabinet to the couch to turn on the TV and tell him more. This tactic stopped his father from grabbing even more to drink, which would allow him to eventually pass out on the couch, keeping Ed, his mother, and his sister safe from his father's drunken vengeance. Later on, Ed's father eventually did stop drinking for good and got clean. Ed said that his father had always been his hero, even when he wasn't at his best. Ed also told the emotional story of when his father passed. Ed was actually holding his hand. Milet remembered how that he used to be afraid of the hand that he was holding now as a little boy, yet he was very proud to hold that hand, even as his father's last moments on earth slipped away. These three lessons are powerful on their own, but they have this overarching concept that I want to address. And if you followed me for any length of time, you've heard it before, but it absolutely bears repeating. The powerful lessons from these three men come from the notion that adversity is a gift. Goggins used and learned to leverage tremendous adversity to not only reach his current levels of success, but he saw the value in the gift so much that he voluntarily seeks it out now as a fire jumper, in addition to his brutal training with the intention of getting a stronger and better understanding of himself. Andy Frisella has built multiple companies on the notion that it will take a long, slow, arduous work, but mentioned that the path of least resistance never pays well. Yes, taking the time and energy to build something one conversation and one relationship at a time will take a long time, yet it's the only thing that can build something sustainable and scalable. 
Andy literally created the notion of aggressive patience, which I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, which is this relentless work ethic day in and day out for weeks, months, and years, while understanding that even that means it will still take time to get there. Ed Milet understood that even as a boy, he couldn't overcome the adversity of his father's alcoholism, so instead of resisting it, he developed skills and applied them well. He then used those skills to redirect adversity in a way that would serve him, making him a hectomillionaire in the process. For all of these men, the gift of adversity led each of them on their own unique path to success and mastery. They've all said in other interviews that it was the hardship that taught them the most valuable lessons that they've ever learned in their lives. Your after-action items for this lesson. Number one, ask yourself, what are you currently doing to better understand yourself while in the face of adversity? Goggins says that after each run and workout, he comes back in journals to record all the valuable insights that he gained from that session. This is how his books were formed. So how are you intentionally challenging yourself to learn more about yourself? What is one thing that you can do today to begin doing that? Number two, what conversations are you having? Andy Frisella mentioned that to build his empire, he did so one conversation at a time. My question to you is, what conversation could you begin having today that would move the needle? What's a conversation that you've been putting off that needs to be had in order to make you a better leader, spouse, or parent? Number three, Ed Milet learned that he couldn't overcome the adversity of his father's drinking, but he could redirect it by developing and applying skills. What's an adversity that you're currently facing that's not under your control that you can learn to redirect? What skill would you have to acquire to learn to be able to do this? For example, what's a relationship or situation that you can change your approach to? Who's somebody that you can kill with kindness that you would normally avoid? Or who's someone that is very overbearing that you could be more direct and succinct with to off-balance and keep them in check. Take a few moments to answer these questions. The answers may surprise you. Thus endeth the lesson. As always, I recommend listening to this episode more than once and taking notes for actionable takeaways. The notes that I took and reviews that I did of what I learned from the RTA Syndicate event is exactly how I created the episode that you just listened to. If you enjoyed and learned from this, share it with others and on social media. I recommend going back through the rest of the Octonumverbic catalog and checking out my other Warrior Wisdom episodes. I've got all kinds of lessons there. They're all free. I discuss at length what I learned from Jocko Willink and Leif Babin at their council event last year, as well as book summaries from The Art of War by Sun Tzu, The Book of Five Rings from Miyamoto Masashi, The War of Art, and Put Your Ass Where Your Heart Wants to Be by Stephen Pressfield, and The Complete Works of Robert Greene. While you're there, Subscribe, and I would appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. This helps us attract more like-minded listeners and spread the Auction Nonverba message. If you'd like to get additional content and information like this, as well as keep up to date with my upcoming Auction Nonverba book release, Auction Nonverba apparel, and more, you can join the Auction Nonverba Inner Circle for free at MarcusAureliusAnderson.com, and be sure to check out our newest website, OctonNonVerbaPodcast.com. Until next time, live a life of actions and not words. Live a life of Okta Nonverba. Thank you for listening to this episode of Okta Nonverba. If this message resonates with you, please share it out with others on social media.